Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, a podcast asking the question, what does it mean to be fully alive in the 21st century? I'm your host, Brett Kane. I'm a licensed massage therapist and mindfulness meditation instructor. And to help us explore this question this week, I have the owners of Be Well Marquette joining us, Kate Lewandowski and Christopher Ray. Uh, Be Well is a wellness center located in Marquette, Michigan, which is the Upper Peninsula for those of you who are not privy to the area. It was founded at the beginning of the pandemic and was really intended to be a space where Kate and Chris could offer their respective practices while also bringing on a whole team of other practitioners who had really unique and special offerings. So Kate has had a rich life of wearing many different hats, from wildlife researcher, veterinarian, yoga teacher, dancer, business manager, and now she's a breathwork practitioner. Christopher, on the other hand, has left a life of business management in the construction uh, field to pursue bodywork, which has now been his main practice for, I think, 25 plus years. So with such a wealth of experience underneath their belts at this point. I really wanted to have the conversation on breath, namely how we can use breath to navigate difficult times in our lives and how we can use it to open ourselves up to more deeper levels of embodiment. This is a massive conversation and I'm really happy that these two who have been working with this so intimately for such a long amount of time are able to really walk me through and help me lay the groundwork for a topic that I think is going to be coming up in the show fairly regularly. Uh, as you, we start this off by saying like breath is such an integral part of the transformative process that I think is really going to be necessary for 21st century vitalism to be a thing. A uh, big part of the show is we have to be able to mix both physiological approaches as well as philosophical as well as other materialistic approaches in order to really get a good sense of grounded energy while navigating this strange time that we live in. Your breath is the most immediate thing that you have control of and really, as Kate says, in choosing how you relate to it, you really have a potent well of energy that you can then transform your life with and like that's not hyperbole like this is a very radical practice so I'm really glad that I got them to come on the show and uh, share their wisdom with me Um, I've had them suggested to me from uh, Kelsey who was one of the guests from the first 10 episodes if you remember I work with her at a clinic here in Michigan and she has said nothing but the best things about them. So I know that this is the beginning of uh, a rich friendship that I hope to continue cultivating with these folks. And I really want to learn from my own bodywork practice. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. And this kind of helps me bring in more practitioners onto the show, which is really a big theme of what I want to do. I've had a lot of artists and folks who represent the more esoteric side of things, but I, I don't want to forget, you know, I, I really want some practical boots on the ground approach to how we can navigate life. And um, yeah, these, these folks have a lot to offer. So yeah, that's what we're going to be doing today. Outside of that, I have to say this spring is already so profound. I don't know how y'all are surfing these current waters in this stage of the pandemic. If you're still on complete lockdown, if you got the vaccine, whatever it is, can we all just stop and agree that this spring has been pretty dang nice? I've been going on a walk up the road to a, a local wildlife reserve. It's very small, mind you. It's right next to a bigger park here in Grand Rapids. 
and it's about a city block and it's just about a lot of trees and I've been kind of forming a relationship with this space and seeing every single day just the the blossoms on the trees starting to slowly open not slowly actually it's been happening really rapidly even just last week it was like dead barren like it's been all winter and then in the course of a week there's just so much color I implore you to take some time to get outside and soak it in breathe in this fresh air I mean this episode's about breath why not go practice outside where everything is fresh and not stagnant uh, it's a treat. It really is some of the, the ordinary magic of being a human is just watching the spring come to life. If you're not in a state or a country where you get the four seasons, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we have to put up with winter, but frankly, for me, I personally like moving through all of the seasons. Winter has a potent beauty to it. If you can really move with that energy and really listen to the lesson that it's trying to tell you, like it's okay to slow down us humans. We move so fast. So I I like the four seasons. Uh, I think that the the strain that winter puts on our our bodies is it's the cocoon that we then are able to butterfly out of in spring. You know, what you observe, you're you're kind of going through on the internal. So I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's great. I'm not going to stop talking about it. I do want to leave you with a challenge also outside of just going outside. Maybe you can order something online or go to a store and get one of those little grabber dudes, those uh, those like trash picker uppers, the, the extended arm, and carry a plastic bag with you. I know you have a plastic bag filled with plastic bags in your house because it's just the thing to do um yeah go outside and whenever you go on a walk just pick up a couple things of trash you know it doesn't have to be for any extended goal you don't have to clean the entire park but whatever is in your way pick it up that's my challenge for you this spring i'm going to be doing it so um yeah i encourage you to change your relationship with your walk you know it's kind of an act of meditation you can go and it forces you to really be a lot more present with yourself and more present with the environment because you're scanning as well as appreciating and you're taken care of, you know, and just explore it and see how it makes you feel. And if you hate it, if it stresses you out, then don't do it. But I I feel like that's not going to be what happens. So uh, that's my challenge to you. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, whenever you go on a walk, if you want to pick up one of them grabber dudes, I don't know what they're actually called. I'm calling them grabber dudes. I'm sticking with it. Um, pick up some garbage. It doesn't have to be like a guilty thing. It doesn't have to be this like super noble pursuit. Just do it and just, you know, live that life. It's great. Take care of your environment. Awesome. So I don't want to take up too much time, which is something I say every intro as I talk for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want to support the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Even if it's negative, you know what? I want to hear. I want to hear how I can do better. If you're just going to troll me for the sake of trolling, okay, I'm on the internet. That's a part of it. But if you got some genuine constructive criticism, uh, whether leave a review or email me at 21stCenturyVitalism at gmail.com, same way that you see this show name uh, anywhere else. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you're taking away from the show. If one of the guests has said something or taught something that has made a positive impact on your life, I, I would love some interaction. Um, these next 10 episodes, uh, the 30s, uh, are going to be really good. I am so stinking excited. I don't know if by now you can maybe feel the momentum, but the momentum is even more. It's so exciting to see this thing grow legs and start walking on its own two feet. 
I hope you enjoy the episode. Please open your hearts up, drink some tea, do some stretches, and welcome Christopher Ray and Kate Lewandowski. Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism. How are we doing today? Doing great on this spring day. Doing great up here in the UP. Yeah, I'm jealous that y'all are able to watch the spring kind of come in in such a untarnished area in <laughs> Michigan here, and it's very uh, paved over with concrete, so <laughs> I feel that in my soul. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice. true. The changes are pretty vibrant around here. Yeah. Yeah, it it's a treat i'm sure yeah you you guys are located in marquette right that's correct yep yeah i've never actually been but i've just spent um last fall tromping around the porcupine mountains which is probably like the closest i've gotten and yeah that entire land is just very close to my heart now i bet we'll see you soon yeah (laughs) i'm sure after this conversation i'm gonna be like yo i gotta make it up there So today I really wanted to pick y'all's brains on the breath. Uh, This is such an important topic to me. This is something that I've really gotten into this past year. Oddly enough, while there's a global pandemic that targets the respiratory system, you know, I think that this conversation is really vitally needed and um, really just to elaborate on like how important and how workable this system in our body is. So to start us off, I'm just kind of curious what what was your entryway into breath work and what exactly is breath work when we say that term like what is it that we're talking about <laughs> that's, that's that's a loaded question i mean i guess i would uh first say that our breath it is the interface between our outside world and our inside world um and so i've been working in sort of the health field and health modalities for 20, 25 years or so. Um, and I've, you know, I was a surgeon, I was all these other things and I've come around to, um, the breath because it is our most basic tool. It is before food or water. Um, it's the thing that gives us life (laughs) before anything else. And so, and so that is really what I focus on now is, is, is that breath work because it's so powerful because it's so useful. And I'd say my entry into it actually, Partly was through Chris in that um, through, and I'm going to let him obviously elaborate on that, but the body work and noticing how critical it was to bring that breath piece into it. And as I started teaching with Chris and just observing people and students and the work and realizing what the breath was doing, um, I just started um, unraveling its potential. Um, that being said, um, basically my experience from it started in, oh, 96, I believe. I lived in Seattle for a year and then Portland, Oregon for seven years. But the year that I spent in Seattle, I did eight months of breath work with this woman, Benita, and she was an amazing gal and I would go in once a week for eight months and just breathe with her for an hour and a half. And it was incredibly life-changing. I felt like I had done five years of therapy in eight months, that kind of thing. Um, 
then oddly enough, that um, a dear friend of ours that I met at that time, uh, Tracy, she um, actually is the one that taught Kate how to do breath work. And as any modality, whether it's massage or breath work, there's many different modalities of the breath, whether it's Wim Hof or rebirthing breath or um, I can name a couple others too, but I find it's of great importance. And if the person isn't breathing during my bodywork sessions, uh, they go home with this much when they could go home with this much. So very important. When you say that it was like five years of therapy, are we talking about like emotional therapy? Is, is this is this a means to kind of process the emotions? Are we talking more physiologically or? Yeah, just therapy that people go in and talk to their therapist. Um, okay. For me, it's there's so many things that reside within our muscle tissue, old trauma of this lifetime, another one, it doesn't really matter. Um, I think people spend an overwhelming amount of time analyzing and trying to pick things apart when they could just exhale it out. So, wow. so yes, Brett, the short answer to your question, yes, it absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, it, it, it's therapy for both the emotional body and the physical body, without a doubt. That's what I'm saying. It's our most basic tool for being a, a healthy human being. Yeah. I always thought it was really interesting in that it's one of the only autonomic processes of the body that we can actually directly interact with. Like we can't really control our heartbeat unless you're way, way deep into like a yoga practice or something. But like breath is something that we all have access to. Exactly. It, it really does mirror what you said, that it is kind of the doorway between the internal and the external. Yeah. So... When we're talking about breathing for an hour and a half, I feel like there's going to be some people who are so unfamiliar with this who are like, I breathe all day long. <laughs> like, what exactly are we doing in this hour and a half session that is creating these profound results? Sure. So um, it's basically developing a relationship with your own breath. So as you said, yeah, we can go through life and ignore our breath and do okay because it is aut autonomic. Um, but once we start to develop a relationship with it, we realize um, how much potential there is and how much power there is to adjust our experience between our outside world and our inside world. And that adjustment and our shift in perspective emotionally or physically has a lot to do with how we relate to our breath. And so an hour and a half breath session, I mean, again, there's so many breath exercises out there. Um, they all work, every single one of them. Even if you're doing five minutes of yoga pranayama or an hour of holotropic breathing or whatever it is, all of them help you develop a relationship with your breath in one way or another. And you're developing resilience in the body. Um, so, And so, for example, the kind of breath work I work with um, it kind of puts the body into an over-breathing state. Um, you know, you're laying there and you're, you're actually breathing more than you would physiologically need to be breathing in that moment. Um, but that way the body has more oxygen, more fuel to, to, you know, to address old scar tissue in the body, whether it's physical scars or emotional scars. 
uh, it suddenly has all the fuel to to be able to resolve it, to be able to 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 heal and open and shift and change. And so within that hour, hour and a half, people are experiencing all sorts of sensations. They're experiencing all sorts of um, thoughts or or feelings or physical sensations. And it gives us the opportunity to practice how do we want to respond to it? Because that's a lot of it. It's like life throws things at us and it's suddenly in these situations and how we get to make a choice at that point. How are we going to respond to it? And so how we respond has a lot to do with our how we breathe. And, And there's so many qualities to the breath. And so it's helping the person maintain an open breath that's not constricted or fighting themselves. I think so often we're confronted with sensations or feelings and we we fight ourselves. We fight hard. And so (laughs) it's finding that breath that's actually nurturing to ourselves, uh, surrendering to life coming in and life going out and and just staying with that that pace because it doesn't quit. The breath doesn't quit, and so it's just coming in and going out and coming in and going out, and even that making peace with the fact that, wow, the move it doesn't stop. <laughs> and, and remembering to exhale when you're having a challenging moment. Yeah. So many of us don't exhale, mm-hmm. and then we hold it in our bodies somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would agree. I, I probably work more with the exhale on people than I do inhale. Um, that it's that seems to be trickier for people to access well. Um, yeah, I would agree. And you know, Kate keeps people breathing for an hour and a half. I keep people breathing for three, three and a half hours. All my sessions since 2000 have been three to four hours. So really, I mean, I'll I'll let people drift off a little bit, and still go out to never never land and but I always bring them back to their breath because uh, without the breath for me the breath is what gives the, the muscles permission to release and let go so my sessions are all about long-held compressions on different areas of the body typically in, in a lot of those areas there will be a blood stop also So I will have the person take 15 to 25 breaths into one area um, and then we'll go down just a bit lower to the next area releasing, um, you know, years of tension that builds up. Kate and I always laugh about the word accumulation, but accumulation happens no matter what it is that you do or do too much of. So with that breath, I'm literally keeping the person breathing into those areas. And then when we lower to another area, the area that we had just worked on prior is now being filled up with blood and new oxygen, right? So it's this whole unraveling, um, untangling the body. And a lot of it is, for me, it's the fascia. So it's all the muscle tissues that get all bound together and freeing those up so things work more individually and not as one big wad of congestion. (laughs) It's really interesting hearing you 
talk about it because I, I I was doing some research and saw that you do like three four hour sessions. I'm like, how the heck does that even work? As a therapist, I, I will typically do sixty to ninety minutes, and I'm like, ooh, I'm pooped. <laughs> so, um, I, I really like the idea that you make it an active process as well, and that's something I always try to impart on my clients in that. I can do so much, but like really like the path to wellness is one that you have to walk yourself. And like, I can kind of get you to a baseline. I can get you more limber and more opened up to be able to do that. But like, you really have to take that into your own hands. So the fact that you're bringing that into your treatments, I think is a really fascinating aspect. And, you know, how do you keep people in tune with their breath? Is it like a kind of, you're just kind of like noting or just kind of saying like, Hey, so... Well, what does that look like? depending on the person, uh, will depend on how many times I have to say breathe during the session. Um, some people come in and they just go for it and we're able to move all kinds of things in, a, in that amount of time. Um, but it's keeping them there. It can be very tricky. Uh, women breathe much better than men. I can say that. <laughs> Um, Do you have any idea why? Like, uh, women have breathing in their DNA uh, for some reason, <laughs> and they're able to kind of go into it much deeper where uh, men tend to drift off a little bit more. And I have to kind of keep them with the breath. Uh, the word that I start out the session with, I have a powwow with the person and I talk about fogging the mirror. So that I think that's a really important thing, just to let the jaw open and <sighs> where a lot of people, when we get into an emotional area or an area they're not sure they want to let go of, they'll often, you, you'll see them go to pierced lips and go trying to control the exhalation or really long held or a long exhalation versus just a and I mean, I've been doing this for 20, 25 years, and it's amazing uh, after a couple sessions how people will honestly say not only is there a clarity of mind that they have gotten from it, but also a loss of worrying or things that they used to worry about that just don't enter into their field anymore. Wow, that's amazing. It it's like inter it's like involving this process where like they are still becoming responsible for letting go of that tension. It's like you're applying the pressure, but like it's through the breath that they're able mm-hmm. to actually process the emotional aspect. Is that kind of absolutely. Yes. Wow. And that's in- Kate and I have also incorporated, or we've been teaching self massage for 16 years. Um, so that's been very valuable as far as, you know, enticing my clients to, you know, get on the wood roller or get out the lacrosse ball. Kate would say you can do it with your water bottle and get into areas. Um, so Kate will do certain, her yoga classes tend to be more self-massage where, but at the beginning she'll take the person into some different asanas, say pigeon or some hip open, hip openers, then have everybody get on the lacrosse ball, open up their hips, and then go back into those asanas and see what the change is. And it's pretty amazing. And, and the point is to do that self-massage requires presence with the breath. So you can roll around on any of those tools while you're watching TV or doing whatever, and, 
and that's that's fine. You'll probably get some circulation going in the body, some awakening up, but to actually make changes in the fascia uh, and to actually clear congestion in the body and change the structure of the fascia really requires bringing the breath in with it, and, and it's the, the presence that you bring to it, the presence and the, the surrender. And so Chris talked about um, exhaling through that open, relaxed mouth, um, and, and I suspect there's probably some, some of your listeners here who are like, wait a minute, I've been trained, you know, you always breathe through your nose, like, right? Nose breathing is the best, and I've just been told, and, and, it's, and it's becoming more widely known now that people are mouth breathers and they're trying to switch over to all nasal breathing. But there are instances where especially exhaling through an open mouth is really useful. And so in the context of either self-massage where you're trying to release something or in Chris's body work, you know, we're not trying, in those instances, we're not trying to circulate the energy. We're not trying to build up fire in the body and not doing the ujjayi breath sure ujjayi breath for for the yogis out there yeah it's really useful when you're in a strong yoga practice absolutely i use it it's all through your and it and it's very helpful you can feel it supporting the 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 fire and the the um energy but in this case we're actually trying to release and let go of congestion that we don't need to hang on to anymore whether it's physical congestion or emotional congestion and that's all intertwined into one and the same and that's where a surrendered exhale is critical and we are very good culturally at controlling things and doing things and we want to manipulate things and so we even try to manipulate our exhales and physiologically an exhale can be completely passive. I mean, sure, you can you can control it by using your abdominal muscles and either forcing it out, squeezing it out, or holding it back. I think a lot of people do a, a long, slow exhale where you're kind of holding it back, not letting it out, not letting it out. But, but in instances, you know, for example, in a stressful situation, whether you just had a stressful moment or you heard something on the TV or whatever it is, that's exactly when you need to surrender the exhale because we, we, we breathe in life, we breathe in all of that stress and suffering around us. It gives us the opportunity to feel it, have compassion for it, respond to it, and then the gift of the exhale is you get to let it go. And if we don't, and if we don't just let it go with pure surrender and pure letting go, it gets stuck in our bodies. So if we're afraid, we're kind of holding on and and doing these long, slow kind of exhales, it's just getting stuck in the body somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's really interesting in that, like, I feel it's weird when something bad happens around you, like, it takes your breath away. You do that, like, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that that, like, I feel like our society in particular has been chronically doing that since, like, the 60s. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just constantly Absolutely. breathing in. And yeah. How do you think... How do we open people up? Like, what is something that listeners can do right now who may have never experienced this? Like, just take like a deep breath or like, what can they do to really get a tactile sense of what we're talking about here? It is, it's a challenging time. I mean, whether it's the environment or society or what have you, even more so. And yeah, I always tell people that you know, we're doing much more than we've ever, we do too much. 
mm-hmm. and we've done we're doing more than we've ever we I, it's crazy what we have to keep track of these days mm-hmm. and and just so for us it's slowing down and simplifying I think is important yeah yeah so so for example you asked for a, a tactile experience of it and I would say listeners could I mean even in this moment if you you can continue to inhale through your nose um, but let the jaw unhinge so as you're sitting there some people it's helpful to close their eyes but even as you're breathing through your nose or mouth doesn't matter feel the jaw let go a little bit unhinge so that tension lets go in the throat area and even the entire mouth and throat gets soft it almost dissolves so that that mouth throat neck area gets out of the way because oftentimes we use that upper mouth throat neck area almost like we want to pull our breath in we're working hard to like okay I gotta get get a big breath especially when you ask somebody to take a big breath and you're like and they just tense up mouth neck throat so in this instance sit you know for a moment and just feel what it feels like to have the the power of the of the inhale come from deep within the the belly the low back the sides of the waist the sides of the hip so it's like that it's getting drawn in from deep in the body so that the upper area neck mouth throat just stays out of the way it dissolves and and a lot of that the trick is we we keep our jaws tight and that can sometimes instigate that tightness there so if you let the jaw unhinge Ah, so it's just hanging there as you breathe. And so then the for the exhale, I guess I would try, what does a passive exhale feel like? And you might try just to compare, because if you're not sure, well, what does that mean, passive versus active? An active exhale would be um, long and slow. So I don't know if you can hear me, a, a, a controlled exhale would be, Right? Whereas a passive exhale, and it's going to be easier if you let it just out, out an open mouth because it's a bigger doorway and it can just tumble out of your mouth. It just drops away within like a second or two. And that's it. It's done. You don't have to squeeze out every last little bit of air, but just let it fall away. Hmm. Thank you. So it it reminds me, one of the very first breath exercises I've heard about, and I don't remember, it was on another podcast, I don't remember who said it, but it was the idea of like rhythmic breathing in that um, your inhale activates the sympathetic nervous system and your exhale activates the parasympathetic. So what this gentleman was saying was to count to like one, two, three, four on the inhale, and then count to a beat of eight on the exhale, Mm -hmm. just so you can kind of, because we're always chronically in the sympathetic state, we're always like really activated. So by extending the exhale, we actually are kind of fostering more of a parasympathetic response. What would you say with regards to what you just said, Mm -hmm. how that fits in? So I think the advantage of, so what you just described, it's a great exercise. Um, it, it is also a, that is a controlled breath. That is a controlled exhale. And that's actually really useful if you're, if you're in a state of panic during anxiety okay. attacks, panic attacks. Absolutely. And, and, and because it does, because in those moments, it's like life is having its way with us. 
right? The breath, it's like we feel out of control. And so by taking control again, by realizing, wow, I can uh, regulate this. And it takes some effort because when you're in those anxious moments, that sympathetic nervous system moments, absolutely, it's terrible. And you just feel like life is taking, taking over. So controlling the exhale is a way to make that shift. So absolutely, that's where it's, I think, really useful. And again, it, even in a non-sort of panicky state, it's a good practice just to develop that relationship with the breath and how you do that. After that, so what I described is a shorter exhale, but it's very relaxed. It's very parasympathetic. <laughs> it's very rest and digest, get it out of the, you know, getting out of that fight or flight mode and into the rest and digest mode because we're letting go and relaxing. And that passive exhale is exactly the place where we get to rest and we don't have to do anything. Right. So in that sense, it's very, very much supporting the parasympathetic rest and digest system. So they both do that, but in different ways. Got you. That's why all modalities of massage are beneficial, because <laughs> people are actually taking a moment to rest. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways. I've always found it to be a really interesting thing. I've started up a, th a practice where I trade with a different therapist every week just so I can absorb some people's styles. And as I'm interacting with a lot of different therapists, I'm noticing a lot of folks are making the distinction between medical massage and like the other massage. And I just think that that's like, like the way that I was taught was that like all massage is medical. <laughs> so I don't really know why people keep feeling the need to like make that insistence. Mm -hmm. I'm not really... I'm not really sure where that comes from. I'm not, I don't know. Do you guys have any insight into that? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I do. I think people, I think it's a desire to, to put somehow more value on it. It's like a, yeah, I, but I would agree with you. I think they can all be kind of medical massage in some way. So no, I don't, I don't think that distinction has much, you know, I don't, I don't think it means that that much. I mean, it's a it's a a wordy thing that is I'm not sure worth discussing. <laughs> In other words, yeah. there's so many other right, qualities right. to it, and we can and we could dissect this body work in so many other ways that are that actually have more meaning or description to them. Yeah, I just there's right. not much description to it. Yeah. Yeah, that was more just coming from me on like a pert like show aside as like a fledgling massage therapist. I'm just like, why do people keep doing that? Yeah. Um, so going back to the breath, um, we, we talk a lot about using the breath as a means to relax. But I also know that like the Wim Hof method is it's like relaxing, but it's also very invigorating. So after covering like the yin side of it, like what about like the yang practices, like the fire building? What exactly... What is that about? Why would anybody want to do that? Um, again, to be a great release. It's a, it can be a great release. It also, again, it builds resilience in the body. So it gives practice. So, so you know, I might ha have somebody in that very invigorating kind of breathing, and it, it creates all sorts of heat in the body and all sorts of things. Tetany. Yeah, it can create tetany in the body. And then... It, it, it gives you that practice of like, okay, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond to it? How are you? Uh, so some people, when they get into that state, as you described, some of that exhilarating fire building 
um, breathing. Some people jump to that place of like it feeling stressful. They're just like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling things I haven't felt before. They start to freak out a little bit. It's hard work. It can be hard work. And, and it, so it can get them into the sympathetic nervous system state. And, but what I found is a really powerful place is when you get into that state and you, the tendencies, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to kind of freak out here a little bit. Can you shift your perception? And so it's, again, getting out of your own way, realizing this is just another sensation. This is just craziness and tingling and heat in my body. And, oh, my gosh, isn't my body amazing? And it's, it's just another sensation. And it doesn't, it doesn't uh, instigate any fear or reaction or stress about it. And then so you actually choose to then shift into the parasympathetic mode since you brought that up, that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest. And it's almost like you can witness all of this amazing stuff happening in the body. Um, and that's a really powerful place to be. And so, again, you're, you're sort of stretching the body into its capabilities. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like the breath work is really, it's a tool in cultivating agency and choice. Yep. Which I think is, like, really important for this day and age because I think there's a lot of people out there who don't really have the sensation of choice. A lot of people are plugged into lives that have either been chosen for them or they've been kind of forced to go down out of uh, just like needing to do it to make ends meet. So in, like having this like small grove in the forest that you can expand upon, <laughs> it just seems like it is the most fundamental direct way to create a sense of like, I have choice in my life. Absolutely. Like what a gift. Absolutely. What a gift. But also on to what you just said, I think, you know, people get into those fearful moments when they're doing the breath work or they're receiving some deep body work because you're activating those things, those emotions that are stuck in the muscle tissue. Or so the breath, by activating them and bringing them out, a lot of times we'll go into fear, sadness, anger, it'll be a roller coaster ride of different emotions or things you haven't thought about in years, old injuries or, or what have you. So there is a muscle memory that we're releasing to free ourselves from this built up anxiety or tension or not being able to be in that parasympathetic or sympathetic place. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how people can live day to day in the city, but yeah. Yeah. They, as a grand rapidian, I, I feel that. There. <laughs> so there's maybe some people out there who don't have never heard of the idea that the emotions can get locked in the muscles. So like as a body worker, how would you describe that process to people and like what that maybe looks like? Um, there's all different kinds of ways to explain it. Um, uh, there's a book written by Robert Henderson and he'll talk about different areas of the body that represent different issues or excuse me, let me rephrase that. So for example, the right shoulder can um, reflect issues with your father, left shoulder can reflect issues with your mother, um, weak knees 
can be associated with being materially taken care of and monetarily, but uh, there was not a whole lot of love when you were growing up. Different things like that. Um, but yeah, it could go even deeper than that in some ways. But right, and even if you even if you don't ascri- or, um, put a certain body parts with certain emotions, I mean, it, it, exactly. can, it can be it can be anything. But uh, how would you explain it? You can't you can't un untwine. Un, I mean, it, it, they're so intertwined. I guess I would say I used to say, oh, ninety percent of our physical ailments have an emotional connection. I now say 100% of our physical ailments have a, an emotional connection. I, I'm just confident of that. There's no way you can extract the two. Um, that we, yeah, that we do hold our experiences in our physical body. Yeah. yeah. And you feel it. You just how it? you, I mean, I guess, I think even some people that, when you say it's a new concept, I mean, I would think most people, I mean, you get... I mean, even when you get a gut feeling about something, even when you're an experience and all of a sudden you're, you get a little nauseous or you get butterflies. Well, there you go. You get butterflies in your stomach when you get nervous. That's a very, very noticeable physical reaction to, you know, anxiousness about, oh my gosh, I'm going to sing in front of a thousand people or whatever, you know, whatever you're doing. Uh, you know, you get, you get butterflies. So I think, I think most people recognize some of that connection or, um, or anybody who's suffered loss of a loved one, your heart hurts, right? Yeah. You, you just it just hurts physically. Heart pain is the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I can vouch. Yeah, are you too? Are you too familiar with the work of Peter Levine? Uh huh. With waking the tiger, yeah. I thought he had a really brilliant way of describing how when people go through traumatic experiences, their entire body, like their sympathetic nervous system activates. So it floods their body with like kind of like electrical signals. And unless you process that, unless you do an action to move that energy out, it gets locked in your muscles. Mm -hmm. And then you end up going into the same exact response as if the event was happening again when you get uh, activated again. And um, I I think that that, that's actually what originally drew me to pursue body work because the idea of working with those latent energies in people's bodies and then on the other side, like the expanded state of awareness that comes from it, I think if we can understand that principle, then we can understand how to create expanded states of awareness from non-traumatized physiologies, even though, I mean, I think everybody's got some trauma, you know, but yeah, that's exactly it. And I would say the, a surrendered exhale is the quickest way to let go of those reactions that you just described. Those tra- traumatic states, like in the moment. I mean, I'll catch myself even driving, and it's kind of stressful, and someone cuts me off or whatever, and I very consciously, and I just surrender my exhale, whew, let it go, so it's not getting stuck in my body. Yeah, it's the quickest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people that I work on, they'll say, wow, there's some sadness in my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> when I, you know, and they're just let, having a release wherever it can hide. They're, we have all these different storage areas in our vehicle, and we can shift things uh, 
And I think that's the key component of this discussion. It's not complicated. Oxygen, the breath, will go in to that muscle tissue and dissolve that old trauma or what have you. And it's quite liberating when you get that. Yeah. Really, actually, then people realize, wow, I'm not stuck in that for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't let that go. I can't let that story go. Director, producer, and screenwriter of our own movie every day. And the star. Oh, I like that a lot. It's almost like like it's the awareness that comes with the breath that allows the muscle to release. Like, is it, do you think like the physiological, it's like, it's oxygen reaching that area, or it's also like the intention that comes from like actively breathing into a space, or is it maybe the mixture of both? It's, I would say both. Both. Yeah. Or some people will say 70% of all of our toxins, congestion, and funk come out of our mouth and nose via our lungs. The other 30% is peeing, perspiring, and bowel movements. So there's actual sustenance to the stuff that's coming out of our mouth. I also, when we, people go into tetany, there's, you can see the energy flying out of their hands, this old stuff. Um, I actually was so intrigued by it, I started weighing people before and after the session. And people literally will leave two to three pounds lighter than when they came in three hours, three and a half hours later. I, I actually <laughs> I actually read something recently, and I'm trying to remember the numbers, but like if you lose, let's say you lose 10 pounds of fat from your body, you're dieting or whatever. So I think it was like seven pounds of that 10 pounds, you know, like 70% of that fat, you literally breathe out of your mouth. Because because most of it's moisture, <laughs> so you're also exhaling. It's like the water you're letting go of, and, and you know, you um, like so there is sustenance that we exhale. Yeah, it's not nothing. That's why I keep people breathing during my sessions. Yeah, I wanted to double back because you've said this word a few times, and I'm actually even unfamiliar. What is tetany? <laughs> so tetany it's it's kind it's good, of good question you know it's a good yeah it's a good question because people get freaked out by it um kate well i mean it <laughs> happens uh when i was doing the breath work with vanita in seattle for those eight months for the first couple months every time i went in i would go and get into tetany um and i've asked many many people about it since then um and I find that it's a lot of old fear re- being released from our body. So, so, but for, since um, people can't see what Chris is doing right now, <laughs> it's it's basically a, a it feels like being paralyzed a little bit. So what happens is you your your fingers, hands kind of curl in a little bit. They get stiff, um, and the jaw gets really tense and tight those are the primary places people feel it wrist hand and jaw and and you feel like you can't open your hand up it's just sort of clenching and so there's different physiological states that can create this sort of tetany paralysis kind of um sensation um i mean if you hyperventilate you can you can create some tetany but obviously in the work chris and i are doing we're not asking people to hyperventilate um but you can also, fear is a big one. So whether it's old fear or present fear, the 
chemicals that get released during the fear process often create it. Um, and so Chris and I will see it a lot in the first sessions that we do with people, like some of the first massages or the first breathwork sessions that we do with people. First yeah. few times they come in, they'll get a lot of tetany, and then after that, it's they never have it anymore. It's almost like the it's mm. it feels like you know unlikely. Anyways, it, it, so it's more like superficial, I guess, old fear sort of locked in the outer layers of the body, and then as you open the body more and open those outer layers, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be there as much, and you don't get that reaction much. The layers to our onion so to speak. So we always talk about how, you know, getting first session is or depending on how many sessions you get, but they can be quite challenging because of that. And you're actually get fearful because of the fact that these old, old emotions are being released. So it's, you know, it's, it's some pretty deep work for a lot of people to, tap into that part of them that's been there all the time. They just have never been able to see it. Hmm. it. It's really interesting that like one of the most primal responses that we have is to like hold and like bring everything in. And I think that, do you think that that's something that's like unique to our society or is this like a human thing? Like we're walking around holding our breaths, not exhaling. When we have uh, extreme fear response, we curl up and it's like almost like returning to like the fetal position of like going back into the womb, which is kind of an idea I took from Thomas Myers by like that is like the fear response is Absolutely. curling. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we, we're on a societal level. I feel like oftentimes we're doing that on a psychological level. Like we're always retreating. We're always Absolutely. pulling everything in to try and like have that sense of safety. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think, I don't think that's unique to humans. I think all, all mammals do it probably, probably reptiles and everybody else too. That I mean, sure. Safety is a, we're it's, it's in our DNA to, um, just, yeah, maintain our lives, right? And, and I think, but as you noted, societally, um, we've been trained to feel like the world is out to get us. And so rather than having these responses where we appropriately respond to unsafe things and then let it go. So I think, you know, like Peter Levine would speak to, the, you know, the, the example they always give of like a gazelle getting chased, right? I mean, it, that gazelle is completely contracting its body to move really fast but as soon as the tiger is gone and the, the fear isn't there anymore ah, the gazelle relaxes and so i think we have just lost the or are less capable of switching back into the parasympathetic mode and because we keep getting told that life is fearful and life is out to get us and we have to be careful be careful be careful and realizing that there's a lot of times where we're safe, we're mostly safe. And so, and we have to retrain, regain that trust within ourselves that, okay, in this moment, I'm okay. Ah. But when you're walking around the city, you have to have that on all the time, right? A little bit, or it's trickier to... You know, you have to, <laughs> to watch for the cars and da 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 right. and we kind of acclimate to that fight or flight. Yeah. 
we've kind of like structured our society around that. Like to be in like a metropolis, it's very stimulating. And even if you're like used to it, like it raises your baseline level of like, you're always just like hyper aware. You're never any like letting go. I I suspect some people do it successfully. You know, I suspect there's some people who can navigate all of that stimulus and still maintain like awareness, but in a relaxed state. And that's the trick. You can be relaxed or you can be aware and stressed about it, or you can be aware and relaxed about it. You're just awake and responding. For how long? For how long? No, I'm just, I, but I, I'm sure people, there's some people that could, you could successfully do it. I just think it, it's a different skill than being, yeah, than being not in a big city. Yeah. Very doable. We're capable. Yeah. We're very capable. <laughs> I have no doubt that humans are, are have that possibility. <laughs> yeah it's kind of like what you were saying about like training like the resiliency at first i like didn't really fully understand what you were talking about i kind of figured it would get kind of fleshed out in the conversation but it's kind of that like adaptability that this kind of work really uh-huh. helps you and that's the word that keeps coming up in my head is like this is training and adaptability yep you know absolutely it's very simple yeah it's, exactly. it's not complicated yeah yeah it's yeah. so simple it eludes most of us yeah it's weird like i like the term like simple doesn't necessarily mean easy (laughs) because it is so simple it almost makes it like you it's just so easy to overthink yeah and (laughs) i just had another thought about like the idea of like contraction and like what that has to be doing for the health of everybody like the physical health like i feel like a body that's constantly in the mode of contraction puts just a lot of strain on like all the organs and not and also like the the musculoskeletal system but do you think that this state of kind of contraction is what's causing i mean we're kind of an unhealthy society to a large degree there's like tons of heart disease digestive cancer like Absolutely. do you think that get body work... <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes to answer your question, yes, I do exactly that. And a healthy muscle and a healthy body is very capable of contracting, right? When you need it, when you need that organ or you need that leg or that arm to contract to, to do something, absolutely, it contracts and it contracts well. But a healthy body and a healthy muscle is also able to let go of that contraction. And so to be able to do both, and that's the adaptability or the resilience or whatever you speak of, that we're able to access both sides of it and not just stay in one one point. And that's, again, why the breath work helps, because it's that that never-ending inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, because we like to kind of grab on to one side or the other. Like we inhale, we don't want to let go, we don't want to let go, or we exhale, and I mean, so it's being able to, to do all, both sides. We're being conditioned to do too much. People working 40, 50 hours a week and then also going to the gym three, four times a week. I mean, it's like, wow, we, how much do we have to do to... But I think uh, in some ways that extra working out kind of helps people be in the city, that release or that intense hot yoga or things of that nature. Um, yeah. I tell traveling and doing sessions in many different places, I often would tell my corporate clients, maybe it's time to buy a fishing pole 
pretend you're fishing. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we do too much. Yeah. Moving and grooving. Yeah, I think that's a big part of why people like the really hot kind of young practices is because, like, it does give them this, like, micro moment in their life where they can process all that energy so like gym culture is really popular and really accessible for a lot of people but i really feel like that's like one of the most um public ways that people can kind of access these more like inner systems that you guys are actually focusing more concretely on it's like the more public way and i don't know that's just kind of an interesting thing that like our society has adapted to this and we just don't have the full context of what we're actually engaging with, you know, I think there's just no awareness on it. The art of doing some of that hot, powerful working out is if you can do that and still access your parasympathetic nervous system, which would be amazing. And, and I, that's a, that's a trick and that takes some, some art. <laughs> but I think that would be that would allow the body to heal because by definition the rest digest mode it's also when the body heals as if it's running in the parasympathetic nervous system so if you can be that active and still do it um, while nurturing the body and not letting the body think you're still running from a tiger that would be a powerful place to be mm -hmm. so I wanted to also have a moment in this conversation where we kind of address like the current socio-political health crisis that we're in with um, we're, we're the going on like the second year of the pandemic. Um, so like, what do you think going forward at this current iteration as vaccines are making their way or whatever, while we're still in this kind of like window of like grave uncertainty, what do you think is going to be like the biggest challenge of wellness practices going forward? And like, what can we do to like help usher in a new understanding of health? Oof, that's a big question. Sorry. I, yeah. I come in with the big ones near the end too, after we um. like work through a lot, then I <laughs> drop the bombs. Um, Personally, I mean, I, I was trained, you know, I was a biologist, ecologist, veterinarian, and I just have great, great, great respect and awe in the diversity of life and the power of biology. And I, I feel like if people could realize that life wants to thrive, like our biology, our bodies want to heal and feel well and Biology actually supports that, and diversity actually really supports that ultimately. And so any wellness activity where we start retraining ourselves to realize, like, hey, life is okay. Life is here to support me and support us, um, and it's going to be all right. Like, it, it, that it, that, again, that we're not hiding from life. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it, it works. The process just works, and, and it. I have no doubt that um, biology is here to and life supports that. Yeah. Well, that was not the answer I was expecting, but I think it was the one that I needed to hear. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. People are. I mean, and that we're way more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. And I think when I. Breathe when I breathe with people for an hour, hour and a half, and they have these 
just amazing experiences and feeling and they'll feel the greatest just love and awe and and really it, it, they they're seeing themselves they meet their angels well and they're, they're meeting themselves and and so the the power when you, we do some of these more intense practices it almost like peels away the layers just enough we get to glimpse ourselves and we glimpse that whole worthy luminous unbreakable essence that we are and when people get a glimpse of that it's just you know it brings it's just endless heart opening tears love like oh my gosh oh my gosh i had no idea how beautiful and amazing and powerful i am amen yeah amen <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing it's like right now in our culture it's kind of like this meme that like, oh yeah, we got to go down to Peru to like have this ayahuasca ceremony. And everybody has been putting a lot of stock into that in the past decade. But honestly, what I found with like body work, and I'm really excited to plug in with you guys more and what you're offering, because it sounds like this is the next step. Like ayahuasca might've been like the piercing of the veil, but now we're starting to see that there are other technologies which are less destructive to other communities and more in line with like what we're already have going on that like, like that message has been received and now it's been picked up by folks like you. And I don't know your history with that. I'm not asking that, but it, it sounds like the spaces you're cultivating are kind of reaching some of the same spaces, Absolutely. but more holistically, you know, and it's, I, I really think that this is, I think body work has a potential to really change the way we view ourselves as human beings, Absolutely. body work and breath work. Absolutely. I mean, that is a form of body yep. work. Absolutely. One and the same. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. They are one and the same. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. Look forward yes. to giving you a session. I'd look forward to receiving a session. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully left, next time. Left jaw is tighter than the right side of your jaw. <laughs> Let's see. I, if I got some gunk going on. You're not wrong. Or on the left side. Right. That's, wait, yeah. That's... yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I see it. You can see it? Oh, God, I want to turn my camera off. Sternocleidomastoid. Yep. Oh, is that where it's in? I can see it's tighter on the left side than the right. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, wow. I can actually see it now that you're saying it. Oh, dang. You just gave me a complex. I didn't need that. Dang. Okay, okay. No, you are perfect. Just the way you are. Exactly. It's really interesting working with folks who I, I just met another gentleman who I won't say his name, but he's been doing body work and Tai Chi for uh, probably like 30 years. I think he said like, he's been really into it and he, very intense vibe, really lovely human though. And it, it's interesting to hear from people who've been in the practice working directly with the body. They talk about energy so freely and openly, like it's like, duh, you know, exactly. like why hasn't modern science given it like the, the credence? Like, how is this not showing up in scientific things? How do we, how do we pull I, that together? I think it is actually showing up in scientific things more and more. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's given different names and languaging, but no, it's, it's there. I think, and that's, that merging is happening. Yep. I start out all my sessions by telling people all we are is energy and you will be feeling it shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's the thing that most people are waiting for is like the tactile experience of it as well. I 
used to pride myself on being a skeptic. Uh, before I got into body work, I was definitely a lot more like, yo, okay, I don't really know about, you know, you're like, you're 23 and you're a Reiki master. I don't know, you know. But now as I'm starting to like work with the body a little bit more, I'm starting to see like, okay, there's a lot to this that I don't know. And I could definitely understand how science with its very carefully crafted environments could produce very limited results in how the body functions. And I feel like in the settings like you're creating with like a three, four hour block of time of relaxation, the body naturally doing what it does, I, I think it does create different results than like a lab, you know, and I don't think that it, it will show itself with the same observational tools and measurements. And yeah, I just think it's, I, I think like people who've been working with the body, they, they honestly, they know <laughs> it's their wheelhouse. Chron you know? Chronic issues are my favorite. Frozen yeah. shoulders. I mean, it's amazing how many people are walking around with pain unnecessarily so. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah. And I think going back to you, what you were saying about science, there's, I think there's a lot of scientists out there also that are just in awe of, uh, of the body also, that it's not just pieced apart. And, and I mean, I think some of, some of them also recognize the mystery of it too, of the, all the pieces we don't entirely know. Um, but no, it's the same. I mean, I was in college, a biochemistry nerd, and I had all these huge, all these big biochemistry posters on my wall of just thousands of reactions happening in our bodies all at the, all at the same moment. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the, that's what's happening is you're, there's just so many complexities, interacting complexities. And so when you start tapping into that you're just witnessing how the body responds and reacts and feedback loops and um so yeah a lot of them are recognized it's not complicated it's really quite simple it, that's what i'm saying it works it's, it's so, like oh, our bodies are doing all these things all at once and yeah. it's just it's your breath session fascinating yeah shows people that yeah yeah wow well, friends, this has been really illuminating. Let's do um, it again. Yeah, I would love it. Um, I'm going to be launching a new part of the show where I'm going to be talking with guests that have been on, and we're just going to keep on elaborating on this conversation. And I really wanted to also take time. Like I have, I have like a list that I work off of, and I wanted to give y'all a moment to talk about like your business as well because I saw that you recently opened Be Well. Hmm? Is that still? Is that still flourishing? Yeah. And At the beginning of the pandemic, we opened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, it's a whole wellness center where we've got um, an assortment of practitioners, Chris and myself, but also other um, people offering private um, sessions of different kinds um, and group classes, which obviously during the pandemic has been a kind of a, a fitful thing. Um, but I think now we're sort of oozing into group classes again. And then we also have a, a salt room and uh, infrared sauna and um, so kind of a mix of, mix of things. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. I saw that you have the uh, light therapy room. I'm not really sure. So the light, how that... yeah, it's, uh, it, so it's more the salt room has a, a light, one, like the full spectrum light box. Um, in there that some people use. Yeah. So the salt room, it actually has a machine that's blowing micro particles of salt into the air. And so you're inhaling salt, which helps the functioning of the lungs. Uh, it's also good for the skin 
as well. So primarily respiratory and skin issues. Um, it's great. It's also just a beautiful place to relax. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So uh, before we let you go for the day, where can people find you and kind of stay in touch with all the happenings at Be Well? Uh, BeWellMQT.com would probably be the easiest. Yeah, MQT, of course, is uh, short for market, which is where we are. Yeah, we, we do get a lot of people that will come up for three, four, five days, sometimes a week, and receive sessions from me and breath sessions with Kate. Yep. And they go home feeling pretty amazing. Wow. Are there Airbnbs in the area then? Or yeah, in the, like absolutely. Lodging? In the same building okay. as Be Well upstairs, there's three Airbnbs. Oh, that's that's useful. I know. We have a couple others here on Lake Superior. Yes, a couple miles out of town if you wanted to be on the lake. Those are available also. But yes, lots, lots in the area. Awesome. Nice wellness retreat you got there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, Kate, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciated this conversation. I'm sure the listeners will as well. Thanks, Brett. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great Sunday. Yep. yep. You too. All right, my friends, that was the episode. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Uh, if you made it all the way till the end, you are the real MVP. You're the reason I make this show, in fact. So that was Kate Lewandowski and Christopher Ray. If you want to keep in touch with them and what they got going on, Be Well Marquette is the spot to go. Uh, if you're going to uh, go to their website, it's bewellmqt.com. So... They also got all the social medias. They got some really cool posts. They got some informative things and uh, some inspirational goodies. So make sure you give them a follow if you're not really in the area. If you don't use their services, they still got a lot of fun stuff going on. So thank you again so much for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, want to have a talk? Let's talk. Let's be friends. Let's let's talk about life and how we're uh, we're staying up. Yeah. All right. I will catch you next week for a very special episode.